0: Welcome to another episode of the Business Exchange, How Business Works, brought to you by the American Business. Council, the voice of American business in Nigeria. Now, the Business Exchange is a platform where industry experts share perspectives and sometimes predictions around various sectors or key issues about the economy. My name is Margaret Lele and I'm your host. Now, a few days ago, the World Bank released a uh, micro-poverty outlook brief for Nigeria. And according to this report, uh, Nigeria's debt service to revenue ratio increased from 83.2% in 2021 to 96.3% in 2022. And uh, in spite of these staggering figures, additional credit lines are still being sought by the governments from multilateral agencies. And um, obviously, there have been a lot of public outcries regarding this. Um, And uh, we are certainly in a precarious situation that leads one to wonder whether or not the country's developmental needs would ever be met, um, as there's little or very nothing perhaps even left of the country's revenues after um, these loans will be serviced. This brings us to the topic of today, Nigeria's debt help or undertaker. To explore answers to this question we have with us today, Oyemi Kale, the Chief Economist of KPMG. Quite frankly, there's a lot of other things that would take me a a long time to um, mention here. But he's also the former recently uh, the former statistician general of the National Bureau of Statistics. Welcome, Yemi. Thank you for having me. Uh, So um, as I mentioned earlier, and then in a roundabout sort of way, um, we um, observed the Nigeria's total death profile. Yeah, increased by fifteen point six percent year on year from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two. And correct me if I'm wrong, because you are the expert here. The country's total debt as of December twenty twenty two was forty six point three trillion, with a government debt to GDP ratio of thirty eight percent, according to IMF. How did we
1: get here? Um. Well, <laughs> actually, uh, I think I think it's. The total there is probably closer to 77 trillion naira. That's if you consider the additional 23 trillion or so uh, in the of the the, main, the ways and means uh, loans of the CPM, which is currently um, in charge of 18 plus percent. So it, I think it's more like 77 trillion, which would suggest that the debt to GDP ratio would actually be a lot more than 38 percent. We include that now. The only way that it's not going to be 77 trillion if we, if the CBN chooses to write off the debt, but again, that comes with its uh, own challenges, uh, loan loss provisioning, and how that affects our ratings and raise the equity risk premiums and so on. So that's not actually the best thing to do. So assuming that the uh, the debt is not written off, which I don't think it would be, it might be added part as part of the uh, 46 trillion, so it would be about 77 trillion plus. So that's to put that in context. Um, again, that means the 92% debt to uh, debt service payments will be much higher than that, very well over 100%. Again, that if um, the the weights and means loans of the CBN are added. Um, how did we <laughs> how did we get here? To be more specific, uh, respond to your question more specifically. Um, I would I would take us back to I don't know uh, maybe 12 or so 10 12 15 years ago um, around the time that the debt Nigeria's debt was was forgiven uh, around that time our debt was manageable we tended to spend um, what we generated in revenues we created the fiscal responsibility act which curtailed our deficit financing to 3%. Um, but I think when the current administration came in, they understood that to be able to grow and develop a lot faster than we are doing. So yes, spending what we earn would allow us to 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 grow and develop, but we to do we to do that at a very slow pace. So I think the incentive was to try and see if we could push up our as, increase the speed of our development. Um, so that meant we needed to spend a lot more than we generated. So and that's exactly what we did. So went heavy into, um, into borrowing. Um, but I think the problem was that we did not, we tried to get around the Fiscal Responsibility Act regarding uh, deficit financing by being very creative or optimistic in our revenue target. So deficit financing says the gap between your revenue and expenditure must not be more than 3%. So if you want to increase your expenditure You can only do that by increasing revenues or by borrowing, but you can't borrow more than three percent of your revenue. So you maybe jack up your your debt from, for example, five trillion to ten trillion, which means you have to, which means you're out of, uh, you're breaking the law. You're going above three percent unless you are able to defend an increase in your revenue. So we had more optimistic revenue. Target so that our deficit financing was closer to 3% as stated by the Fiscal Responsibility Act. But the problem is that the revenues were optimistic, so you have huge debt. Um, the revenues did not come in, um, and because the revenues did not come in, you have to go and borrow some more to plug that hole in your in your in your in your um, in your revenue. So either it's ways and means asking the CBA to provide the money or going to borrow money from the private sector the international community. And as you are doing this, the debt continues to mount higher and higher and higher. Um, we also have to I also have to remind you that we also had two recessions in that period, of course, and by definition, a recession would, would attack your um, your ability to generate revenue because your revenues are coming from the economy. and if The economy is in hit by a recession, in which case people are even growing slower. There's no way they can even provide even the same amount of revenue they were providing, which was not even enough. Not to mention actually growing that revenue. So your revenues are hit by two recessions. You have an optimistic revenue target, which in hindsight was not uh, was not reasonable. And then you went to borrow based on unexpected uh, increase in revenue, which did not uh, materialize. Uh, so your debt, and now you have got into a situation where your debt. Um, Service payments are, as you said, over 90%. It means 92%. It means the balance of 6% to 8% is not enough to even run. You are spending 92% to service your debt. So it means you have 8% of your revenues left to actually run the country, to pay salaries, to run to, to, to um to run different ministries, department agencies, and, it, and then something else to for capital expenditure. Uh, it's not enough for just paying the salaries, not to mention the other running the office and paying capital. So again, you have to borrow again to be able to run government, to be able to undertake a few capital projects and so on, because you spend so much of your of your revenue trying to service your debt. So you are just borrowing more and more and more to keep government uh, running. So I think that is how we got here. I think we're paying too much attention to. We need to grow and develop very quickly, which in itself is not a bad thing. But nobody, we're not paying as much attention to, as we are borrowing money to grow, to to spend, we need to spend as much energy, if not more energy, trying to ensure that we are generating and getting a lot more revenues um, from the economy. So I think it was optimistic revenue targets um, uh, and and way too aggressive deficit financing. And that's that's what has gotten us to where we are now.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot. You know, I mean, one of the things I, you know, I kind of wonder when we talk about, you know, being very bullish in um, our spending, you know, for for you know capital spend and things. Um, how how much of our funding really went into the capital expenditure, infrastructure? I mean, I hope I'm not putting you on the spot because again, <laughs> that's out of my screen, but yeah.
1: Well, I don't have the the actual numbers with me, but uh, if I if I try and recall some of the the um, numbers that came out from the budget office um, and let, let, let me explain this. If we assign uh, by law, if we once you say that this is the amount that you have allocated for capital expenditure, and this is the amount you've allocated for recurrent expenditure, you have to spend what you've allocated for capital expenditure for capital expenditure. Otherwise, you're breaking the law. And by the time the National Assembly does the other side, by the time the uh, 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 um, Auditor General does his accounting, you'll find that many MDs are broken. They're not allowed to spend money allocated, budgeted for recurrent expenditure or capital expenditure. We have to assume that most of the money that was allocated for capital expenditure, whether it was from revenues or from debt, was used for capital expenditure, but it's not really just the, what is used for capital expenditure. It's the nature of capital expenditure, there's capital expenditure like buying computers, buying cars, and there's capital expenditure like roads and bridges and things like that. So if you are talking about more efficient use of capital expenditure, not just people renovating their offices or buying more computers, so I think it's not it's not really that the money wasn't spent for capital expenditure, because that's a direct abuse of the law. I think it's what type of capital expenditure exactly Mm -hmm. useful. And I think that's where you see more of an impact. Uh, And that's where we should focus on. I think uh, for the most part, I think it was used for more important capital expenditure, although there's still a lot of wasteful capital expenditure, like I mentioned, computers every year, cars every year, uh, printers every year that that you find in most of our budget, that's not quite useful. Um, And I think also the capital expenditure was overly concentrated on things that will not be able to generate revenue. So you borrow money and, play, and, and put it on the road. The roads are not told, for example. So you can't actually generate any revenue from that capital expenditure, which is meant to, which you need to, and since it's deficit for you need to pay it back. So if you spend it on things that are important, but things that cannot generate your revenue immediately, then it's going to also affect you. I think you, you got the, the latest um, report from the National Rail, um, whatever they are called, showed that after spending like I'm, I'm not sure about it. I can't remember the number, but the point is, it's like for example, you spent a hundred billion in in building a rail line or, or something like of that nature, and they are only getting ten million in returns every year. So you can see that the amount you actually spent, yeah, you're getting that the rail to work and the returns you are getting from the existence of that rate is way off and is not able to pay for itself. So you have such kinds of expenditure all over the place. And that's probably why we are getting to where we are, where we're unable to raise that much revenues from this project. And why some of that capital expenditure is, you can classify it as non-performing.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah, I mean, this is this is quite helpful. Yeah, so so I mean, let's be a bit more optimistic. Um, uh, in your opinion, do you think there's a silver lining in our current, um, you know, Debt situation, or have we gone beyond um, uh, the land of no return?
1: (laughs) Well, I would say that I'm not someone that is uh, totally against debt. I think Mm -hmm. some, whether it's individuals, individuals get, uh, um, individuals have debt, businesses have debt. There's nothing wrong in a country also having debt. Many countries in the world have debt, but the difference between um, them and us, their ability to pay back the debt. So I wouldn't say debt is the major problem. The silver lining, in my in my opinion, is that we actually have the capacity to repay the debt. Um, and that is, if you have a debt to GDP of 36%, and a a tax to GDP of uh, between six to nine percent, it means that you are not actually a revenue to GDP of six to nine percent. It means that there's a lot of revenue in the system that you are just not collecting. So the ability to repay this debt does exist. The challenge is creating that structure to be able to to pull out a lot more revenue from that system. And I think if we do that, this debt will suddenly go away. If we could increase our, our, our tax or revenue GDP from six to nine to 15%, suddenly we are getting um, on a GDP of 200 trillion, that's about 40 trillion in, in revenue. And that will certainly make this debt not a problem. But the issue is we're not able to get the revenues as effectively as we would. So the silver lining is that we have the capacity to pay the debt. It's just about revenue reforms, ensuring that we can pull out a lot more money from the system.
0: You know that, that that's great, and it's it's really comforting to note. You know, so um, it also speaks to the second um, the next question I wanted to ask, which is how do we prevent prevent the country from falling into high debt distress? You know, and uh, uh, I mean, I, I I think you've kind of talked about that in different uh, you know ways, being responsible yeah. in the way we spend. But again, maybe you want to just throw some light on that, and then the second. Part of this um, question I want to ask is, um, does economic diversification play a critical role in helping us remove um, the, the debt we have in, in, in Nigeria?
1: Um, I think you've touched on that, yes. Um, I already think we're in a, in a high debt distress situation. Um, it's just to manage it so that it doesn't get any worse. And yes, I've touched on that. More efficient expenditure. We have to look at exactly what we're spending on but recurrent and capital, and ensure that it makes sense. Uh, for example, one might, the argument about to be considered with it's continuing subsidy or not, um, I think we have to focus more on revenue growth, re- revenue reforms to grow our revenues, not necessarily by uh, increasing taxes. That's the easiest way that we normally do does increase taxes across board, but more about expanding the tax net. You find that only right. less, about 2-3% of uh, revenue that comes from the informal sector directly is, is taxed, so you still have about, um, what's it called, about 90% of the economy that is not being, that, of, of the economy that is not, I would say it's not being taxed, but it's not getting into government revenue, because I know that they always find ways of taxing all these smaller businesses, but the revenue the taxes that they, they levy on, them don't get to government um, revenue. So finding of taxing the, the informal sector so that it reflects on government revenue, and like I said, grow the economy. Because if you grow the economy, for example, then without even increasing the tax to GDP ratio, you double your 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 tax revenue. So if you if you are growing at three percent, if you are growing by ten percent, that's seven percent more, even at the same tax to GDP ratio of six to eight percent, the the volume of cash you get from taxes also double just because you are growing the economy. In terms of diversification, um, first of all, I think a lot of people make that error. Nigeria is sufficiently diversified, the economy is sufficiently diversified. Um we have forty-six economic activities. The top ten account for less than forty percent of the economy. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the economy is sufficiently diversified. The issue is diversification of government revenue, not the economy. Uh, government revenue is largely dependent on the, the proceeds of crude oil. And that's the area that needs to be diversified. And even the areas of non-oil revenue still have some it's still tied in one way or the other to the proceeds of um, of sale of oil and things like that. So I think what needs to be diversified is more government revenue um, and export earnings. And that basically means we need to get the other 45 economic activities to a point where we can export them for foreign exchange to other countries, uh, increase the output so that they can be taxed more, increase the output so we can export more. And if we're exporting more the other 45 activities in the other sectors. We are manufacturing a lot more, not just for local. We are manufacturing to come to meet local demand, but also to um, export. That way, you are getting higher tax from higher consumption, uh, and you are also getting higher tax from the excess that is exported to other countries. I think that in that way you diversify your your government finance from 80 plus percent to something a lot less and you make your your export earnings become less unstable and your revenues become more um, predictable and more useful. And then you can reduce your debt, pay off your debt, and you don't have to keep increasing your debt to meet domestic obligations
0: okay so so something uh, you know kept coming up when we uh, in in this discussion is the issue of taxes an area that you know remains nebulous uh, when you're discussing about opportunities and you know revenues uh, for for government um you know some people uh, especially the is sort of taxing the few percentage of uh, people that um, percent of people that um, uh, you know keep, Pain—it's almost like you're you're killing the 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 geezer that that's that's laying the the, the golden egg Absolutely. type of situation, um, you know. But you know, so and, and and there's also that school of um you know the school of uh thought that um even the ones in the, the formal sector will feel, uh, you know, why why should why should I not I not dodge as much as I can, you know, um if if um. what is being currently done with, uh, you know, the taxes are not, we're not able to see tangible outcomes, let's put it that way. Uh, maybe it may be uh, misconstrued, or maybe it's just because the government is not sharing enough information about how these monies are being, um, these taxes are being spent. You know, I know I see beautiful fancy billboards sometimes saying, oh, you know, um, your tax in Lagos is working for, as an example, uh, maybe all oh, your tax in kanun uh, state is working. You know, how can government really, which I know, you know, this is the responsibility of citizens, right? But how can you make people believe that you know that thing which they are doing is 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 getting the right outcome and they kind of feel that it's being spent in a way i mean you are not government but sometimes it's just something that comes to my mind that a lot has to be done in terms of enlightenment education and really bringing people to understand you know the value and what is being done with the monies that they take from them
1: I well i understand I understand the argument uh, for what uh, towards the end what you were saying towards rebuilding. I think that we're the social contract with the people that's totally broken down. But to be honest, uh, I don't think it's even. I think uh, even the, even the formal sector we happily dodge taxes. into I do taxes? I don't think anybody <laughs> like taxes. We got even if you go to developed countries where there. Where they are clearly they can clearly see the impact of their tax. They don't want to they don't want to pay taxes if they can avoid it. The difference is that they can't avoid to pay taxes. And if you create a situation even in the US and the UK, all over Europe where the people can dodge taxes, we have found that they would attempt to dodge taxes, even though they realize that the taxes have been put into good use. Um so I don't think it's I think it's um the way I look at these things, and it might sound slightly insensitive, is that look, you don't it's it's a law. <laughs> You are supposed to pay taxes. You're not, you're, you, the law did not say pay taxes only if you are happy about it. <laughs> you are supposed to pay taxes. If you don't like the way that government is using your taxes, you vote them out of office. That's how it works. You don't say you don't choose not to pay the taxes because you're not happy with what your government is using your taxes do. If you don't like what the government is running using your money then you vote them out assuming of course you can have an election where you can vote out and vote in wherever you want all right that's another conversation i think i I will not pay taxes because well i get my own boreholes, i I get my own generators i don't see what there is in the money for The, the law doesn't ask your opinion on whether or not you like to pay taxes or whether you feel your taxes are used properly the only way like i said you can you can fight against your taxes being used irresponsibly is to get rid of all those that are using your taxes irresponsibly um in addition for the areas where the money is, is indeed been using used the used the right way by government i think government just we have a we have a system in nigeria we like to be very quiet and very secretive we don't like to speak to the people we are actually supposed to be leading um and that hurts a lot we don't sensitize people, what we are doing and what we are doing things. We, we, we have to be, most of it have to be beaten to respond. We like, we're always, we're always reactive rather than uh, proactive in the way we do things. So we wait for there to be social unrest and people start complaining and becoming uh, uh, disobedient to rules, then we now start trying to explain to them, oh, this is what we're doing. And they will start giving long list and presentation of what we have done. I don't think we should wait for that. I think it is a responsibility of government that when you are, when you are leading people, Um, and you're responsible to them, and that's the definition of being responsible to them. You are supposed to actually actively and proactively let them know at every stage what you are doing, as opposed to wait for them to create all sorts of impressions of you, and then you try to fix. So I think as part of governance, it's very important that every quarter, uh, if every quarter government came out, the long list of how money was spent across every MDA, whether it's recurrent or capital, in, in, in nauseating detail, Pictures, images. Um, you can even put the you, you, you can put the, the the maps, the coordinates of the map. So you can go and check yourself as they you say this is where the land, the road, the water, ball, whatever it is was done. And you flood the public with a lot of information of your activity. You might have a lot less um, concerns that their taxes are not being used for the right things. And when you get to a situation in Nigeria where things have gotten so bad. Even though if, even though you are fixing things will take a lot longer and people are not going to be happy until they see the impacts of what you are doing. So you might be doing a lot of things, a lot of things. But it's going to take a while before you feel the before they feel the impact of those things. Now until then, if they have no clue what is going on, they're going to say nothing has been done, and they're going to resist. Uh, but one final thought here, but as a way to generate revenue, you do not, I don't believe you should increase the taxes of the golden the, 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 of people that are already in the system paying tax, especially when the economy is having a tough time, when the economy is struggling, that's not the time to say, well, we need revenues because the economy is struggling, and you go ahead to punish those that are actually doing the right thing by by paying their taxes. I don't think that's the right approach, but that's what we seem to like to do. It's easier, just increase the taxes of those that are paying taxes at the expense of all those that are evading taxes. And largely, as a result of government mismanagement of the resources that they had, uh, I don't think when you have recession, is a time to increase businesses business expenses, uh, largely as a result of inefficiencies that you created. That's great. I am
0: just thinking about you know what will be happening in the next um, close to thirty days or so. Um, so next month, definitely, the country will have a new administration and, uh, you know, this administration will be charged in, with, uh, you know, the repayment issues and, and, and all. And so I'm just kind of wondering what advice you would share. I mean, this is for free, <laughs> uh, for debt repayment obligations without necessarily compromising um, the development financing needs of the nation. And yeah, we've talked about taxes as an example. How, how should the new government really structure its priorities, really in this in this regard? You know,
1: I would say first of all, slow down the um, the increase in debt financing because you already have a debt that is probably at its unsustainable level right now. We don't want to increase that problem. Um, so and try to go back to spending um, what you can earn and then try to grow that revenue. As opposed, I I know that the country is um, eager for rapid development, but at this point, we've got to a point where our strategy to do that is actually causing more damage than good. So I would say, hold on, hold off on increasing the debt and try and focus more on uh, ensuring your expenditure is more efficient. Go and look at things that you can cut off uh, from expenditure so that, and then use the excess to pay down your debt. Look at ways to expand your revenue. And if you must increase debt, let the debt only increase relative to the, your ability to increase your revenues. And that's what we have, that, that's what we didn't do in the past. We concentrated too much on expenditure and debt, and nobody was paying as much attention to growing revenue at the same time, or, as, or at the same pace. So, no, cut off the debt for now, and focus on a more efficient expenditure, growing the economy, and and uh, more aggressive revenue growth more by expanding the tax net. And there are a lot of activities that we do in Nigeria that are Let me give you an example. Um, a very, and it's gonna sound very simple and easy and maybe even ridiculous to some of the listeners. Let me take well, just one example, like um, taxi drivers. We have lots of buses and taxis going all over the place. The majority of them don't pay taxes. And even though they pay taxes, they pay to some association. and We don't know how much they pay and I don't think it gets fully into government's pocket. But you can imagine if all these taxes and buses, for example, where you put meters, we are required to carry meters um, that are obviously connected directly into government. So you as government you kind of will divide the roads so from point A to B, this is what's gonna cost, you know, a negotiating thing with whoever the bus or taxi driver is. Um it's easier to track the revenue that this 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 um, buses or transport. Workers are earning because you're using a meter that automatically captures that. So you know exactly what each bus or each taxi driver is supposed to pay. So government gets more revenue. Um, the taxi drivers are more, the more are become more formalized, moving around in public transport because safer because the taxi drivers and their cars are registered and things like that. So in that way, you have taking a one almost two trillion naira transport sector that contributes only about six percent or so to, um, um, you have have, have converted that that informal transportation system into a formal transport system that is safer and generates more revenue for government. So it's more expand the tax net and bring in all these activities that are not, uh, that are generating, that that are in the economy, are generating revenue, but the revenues are not being, um, um, the taxes from the activities are not being and not reflecting in government revenue rather than going to, like you said, going to go and tax those that are already in the system higher and higher and higher. I don't think that uh, it's, it's sustainable, and I think it's not – I don't think it's sustainable, I think that's not the way to go. Expand the tax net, focus on revenue, focus on more ex- efficient expenditure, and hold on, off on increasing debt for now.
0: Okay, so so thank you so much. You have – I wanted to say what are your last minute thoughts um, or some other things, but it looks like you have uh, captured that in the – in the in in answering this um, this this um, uh, question at this point, uh, but again, you may have some last minute thoughts, um, and I'll be happy for you to share that.
1: Well, uh, I I think I've said most of what's around this topic. <laughs> I let viewers um, know that it's going to be it's where the economy, the macro economy is in is in a serious state, and it's going to take a lot of pain to fix it. I do not envy anyone that's going to be responsible for fixing this if they do want to fix it. It's a lot of work. It's going to be extremely challenging. <laughs> there are no immediate, uh, wonderful, sudden, uh, it's the not droplets. going to happen. <laughs> no, we <we're not> really <laughs> have to prepare that for, for things to either get worse. But if they're going to get better, it's going to take some time. It's going to require a lot of pain. Again, that's
0: the, the power of C- communication. So if people are able to know and not expect, you know, that you know, there's, there's going to be a magic wand that will just go boom, boom, and everything just gets back to normal and everybody's happy and, you know, it's, it's, it's a uh, paradise, you know, this communication is critical at every point uh, with the new administration. Anyway, Thank you so much. This really brings us to the end of this episode. And we look forward to, uh, and this is not us being Oliver Twist, but we look forward to um, inviting you for our um, economic update, which will be coming up uh, very soon. And uh, we would ask our uh, listeners to, to to follow us on our social media channels where this conversation will continue. Uh, tweet your thoughts, your thoughts on this episode and tag at AB cancel underscore ng and we look forward to reading your thoughts on the subject and so um we look forward to another episode of um of this podcast and we just say keep listening uh, thank you very much um yemi for finding time to join us today and like i said we will certainly come back for more